Today we're gonna well we're gonna chant some om first. I know I got ahead of myself today, and then um we're gonna have a very in interesting uh, 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 discussion so that you can you can start to find out um, the mechanics of bringing uh, dynamic mysticism into your life. A lot of times we think of oh, mysticism and God experience and God knowledge is so far away. It's just not true. You just haven't spoke to the right people, that's all. There's definitely a way to do it. Wherever you stand, there's definitely a way to do it. God is not up on the mountaintop. God is everywhere. So first, we'll just uh, chant Om, you know, three times. And then when you're chanting Om, you're chanting from your entire body. You say, Om will take you home. <laughs> Om is a, is a, a mantra that um, brings tremendous alchemy and divine manifestation. And in a colloquial way, you know, you, you, Om is making the affirmation that all this is God. Everything you're experiencing, everything you witness, it's all God. This whole manifestation is God. So that's what you're affirming uh, when you chant Om. And then over time, as you learn deeper and deeper means of, of chanting and of listening, uh, then you can actually have a, a very, very uh, magnificent uh, spiritual experiences of, uh, of that reality bursting forth and manifesting in you. Definitely doable. Definitely do. Nobody in the room. Everybody in the room can do it. It's just you have to apply yourself, apply yourself, apply yourself, learn correctly. Always be on always be thinking about how do I purify my heart? How do I purify my intentions? That's it. Get get that straight in your head. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. So we'll take a deep breath in. And then we'll chat the own.
you know, you can't be too rigid. You know, it's, it's like when you're in India. In India, there's rarely a straight line between any two points. <laughs> it's always a roundabout, meandering. You'll get there some way, somehow, someday. <laughs> but if you try to make a straight line, you'll go mad. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't find a straight line on the surface of a river. It's not possible. You know. India is like that. It's this dynamic, flowing river. There's no straight line. <laughs> so, today, what makes today a little bit um, um, unusual and, and interesting, uh, the, the topic is uh, embodied prayer, um, the hidden science of, of the saints. Um, because the great yogis, the masters, the great saints, that's actually what they are. They are a living, embodied prayer of God, manifested right here. You know, they are the will, the way of God, present, you know, visibly present. You know, God is always blessing you one way or the other, but most of the time we're too dull to be really aware, you know. So God will, you know, either manifest in terms of an avatar or explode some yogi's heart so that there's nothing but a, a, a living blessing. That, that, that they're living, they're breathing, they're waking, they're walking, they're talking. is one way or the other manifesting the glory of God, the shakti of God, the energy of God in your life. Whether you know it or not, <clears throat> whether you recognize it or not, but the difference is, you know, they can pull your ear and say, "Hey, pay attention," <laughs> you know, or they can do some dynamic, uh, positive activity that will catch your attention, or they can chase after you and say, "Hey, hey, 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 God has your ticket. Come, come, come. <laughs> it's time to work. Wake up." Sometimes God catches us dozing, so he sends some, some guruji to get you out of bed. <laughs> hey, it's six o'clock when you're dozing. <laughs> so the, the teacher is a, a type of a, a <coughs> embodied blessing. A, a real teacher, a, a real Dharma teacher is an embodied, an embodied blessing. They, there's no uh, personal motivation. It's just the inspiration of God to um, to cultivate a, a loving, kind, insightful heart and mind. Now, there's there's lots of ways to learn this this craft, um, and everybody in the room can do it. You just you just have to. Be patient with yourself and start with little things. And then as that becomes a habit, then you add the next little practice. And then as that happens and gets stabilized in you, then you add the next practice. So you have to understand that most of your life, you're living on autopilot. Most of your life, you're living uh, by habits. So it's important to learn a body of yogic habits 
that can perfectly integrate with your day. So you, you don't have to be out there, you know, you know, banging a drum saying, I'm a yogi, this is what I do. Not necessary. That's, most yogis are completely quiet. You never, know they, you never know what they are. They have this tremendous internal dynam dynamism, but their outside existence is quite normal, quite ordinary. You know, you know, they could be your school teacher, or they could be your house painter, you know, they could be your car mechanic. And and they're absolutely to the core yogis. But you wouldn't know. You wouldn't you wouldn't know. Because the more advanced ones, their mouth is shut. You know, they they're just doing the work. They don't need to put up a billboard, they just do the work. So there's there's ways of, of doing this, and I'm glad some of you are taking notes because it's it's important. And and the ways are actually surprisingly easy, but um, it builds a very particular disposition and uh, a, a disposition of um, uh, goodwill and a, a disposition of persistent divine listening. You have to learn how to listen. You know. You know you know, why don't all of us hear the voice of God actively in our lives? Very noisy minds. Way, way, way too noisy. And even if we calm down the noise, you're always thinking about the past, or you're thinking about the future. If you're thinking about either, God is whispering, but you can't hear, because you're preoccupied. One of just pure psychic noise, and not in the moment. <laughs> not you're not present. You know, we're in the past or in the future. Either one is a block to to the present moment and to the voice in the moment. <laughs> so you have to learn different habits, different skills to be present. See? It's not that God's not broadcasting, it's that you're otherwise preoccupied. See? So we're gonna Hope I, this day may go on a little long because there's a lot there's a lot of things to, to, to talk about. And, um, <coughs> uh, quiet quiet skills to uh, acquire. Uh, now, in regards to this embodied prayer, the, the, the hidden science of the saints. This is how you become a saint. If you want to know that, this is this is really part of the part of the process. If if, if you want to know the meaning of sanctity. Things I'm going to talk about, you'll, you'll know the meaning of sanctity. Um, you'll, you'll experience it, not just know it like a book knowledge. You'll experience sanctity. <coughs> just like if I was to toss you into a, a cool river, wouldn't you experience the river? <laughs> yeah, it's all enveloping. That's the same way with the uh, these mystic or sanctified processes. It's not like, oh, I think I hear God. Oh, I think. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. You know, the various experiences of God are full body experiences. You know, you know it's, it's just like you jumped in a lake. You're completely immersed in the experience. There is no maybe factor with experiencing sanctity. Or, or, or God's presence. 
This, this zero maybe factor. It's a full immersive experience. Now, like I said, you have to develop a, a, a pure heart and, and pure intention. So how do you do that? One of the simplest and direct ways is to go on uh, an adventure where you say, what saint or what avatar had great meaning to me? Or what master had great meaning to me? And then you um, start to look at their prayers. In the beginning, their prayers may not mean anything to you. Why? <laughs> because you're desensitized. You have to remember, these prayers are, are being manifest through a master or a saint. So, if you have little affinity to it, or harmony with it, that just shows how denatured you've become. So you just got to be real about it. You know, you're way off track. And the saint is saying prayers that are to bring you back on track. Because really, when you look at the prayers of saints, you are looking at their psychology. You're looking at the, pray the prayers, the, excuse me, the saints' world view. See? The psychology of the saints and their world view are hidden in their prayers. So every prayer is a psychological manual. So when you see something, the, the saint is saying something, and you feel something way different, or variantly different, it, it's a marker as to where you are in terms of clear vision. Because you have to understand, they stand in a higher place with a deeper and longer vision. See? So we, we just have to be acknowledged. They're a professor, we're a student, get in line. <laughs> it's that simple. We don't like to hear that, but that's just the truth. Get in line. And then you just say, well, why do they see that? Or why do they think that? Or why do they feel that? So you go on the why experiment to try to find out why they hold this point of view. You know, so you read their biographies and you, you look at their lives and say, well, how did that soul come to this point of view? And then how can I make adjustments in my, my life and in my psychology to, to, to sort of look through that lens, to, to, see, to try to see how they're seeing? See? The, the saints and masters are, are just living mirrors of God on the earth. On the earth. See, they're not doing anything independent. Human beings are very independent. <laughs> you know, we want to be our own creation. The saints don't want to be their own creation. You know, they're happy to be mirrors of the glory of God. They're perfectly content in, that, in, in fulfilling that role. They have no desire for self-creation. Humans do, not, not the saints and masters. So you find uh, prayers that have deep, significant meaning to you. Um, in the terms of practice, the don't use big, long, 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 long prayers. Find prayers that are like a paragraph. One, two, three, four lines. See? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. It'll be a lot easier. There are, there are some sadhanas that you can do with longer prayers. But in your like your day-to-day -day moving around, living life, keep it, keep it simple. 
short prayers, you know, a paragraph or one or two lines long. So, so you find a prayer that has a meaning to you, significance to you. So if you say, if I actually became a messenger or an embodiment of that prayer, the highest aspects and the highest aspirations of my life would be fulfilled. See? You can, actually, you can also write your own prayer, you know, by, by, by just deeply thinking. You know, what are my highest, most significant, most altruistic, you know, aspiration? You know, if, if I died as this prayer, I'd be good with it. I'd be happy. I'd had a significant existence. You can also write one. It's, it's okay. It's okay. And you're not locked in stone. You could be flexible. I'm really happy to see you, Bun. <laughs> Sometimes I don't necessarily talk to you, but when I see you, I'm really happy. <laughs> So you find this you you find this uh, a prayer of meaning, prayer of significance. Okay, short, not long, 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 long. Short. Okay. Then um, you can find that we, we can all say I have these different kinds of uh, beads. Everyone can go to a bead store. This just happens to be the ones I have at the, in the moment. <clears throat> and I call this uh, 24 pebbles, you know, or, or 24 stones. So you go to a bead store and get 24 stones. And whatever stone you think is really pretty, it's got to be something you enjoy, that you like looking at, that you like feeling. Something nice, whether it's, you know, stone or whether it's wood, fine, whatever, whatever. Whatever pleases you. And then, ultimately, so you put it in your pocket every day, all 24 stones. And then you say, by the end of the day, I have to empty my pocket. <laughs> you know, I have to say that prayer 24 times. You know? Now, 24 may be a lot to start with, so maybe you start with four. You know, and then you move it up to six. But the deal is that by the end of the day, you got to empty your pocket. <laughs> you know? And it's sort of nice putting your hand in your pocket and, and sort of like feeling the stones. You know? And uh, eventually, you know, you take it out. So, sometimes you can... Some, some people put it in one pocket and then they have to shift it all to the other pocket. Or some people take it out of their pocket and drop it into a, a purse. Uh, it's all fine. But you have to empty the pocket. That's the key. So it gives you sort of a challenge of the day. Um, this is to, to make you, um, to purify your heart, to minimize your ego, to develop uh, goodwill, uh, and to make you become regular. Because we have like, good intention, and we have high, high moments, and then we fall back into nonsense, and high moments, and fall back into nonsense. That's our life. That's, that's our life. But if you've got these pebbles in your pocket, you're sort of forced to, to, to think about something significant 24 times in the course of a day. 
and you become like what you think about. Whatever you're habitually thinking about, that's what you are. At the end of the day, that's what you become. So you're developing your own alchemy, you know, just by constantly emptying your pocket. I mean, how many of us understand we have the habit of frustration? So we're thinking about it consciously or unconsciously all the time. We have the, we have the habit of fear, consciously or unconsciously, all the time. We have the habit of sorrow, consciously or unconsciously, all the time. See? That's just the nonsense of the world that we're, we're, we're encumbered by. What if, what if you shifted that, that, that sorrow, that, that fear, that frustration to take up the space with prayer? See? So that uh, there's no time for your psychic mischief. You've got other things more important to get done. See? You know, if you, in India, if you let an elephant walk through uh, the local bazaars, its its nose is swinging, it's big hulky creature, so it's knocking down tables and fruits are flying all over the place. You know, it's, it's grabbing the bananas, you know. It's chaos if it's walking through the, the local village bazaar. But if you take that same elephant and give it a stick to hold, at that point it'll walk right through the entire village. It's not knocking down tables, it's not picking up the banana bunches, it's not, it's not, it, it'll just quietly walk through without creating any havoc. Your mind is that way. If you don't give it something positive to do, you're like an elephant in the market. <laughs> you don't mean any harm. But you're knocking down tables left and right. You're pulling fruit from this vendor and that vendor. It's, you're like walking chaos. You might be pleasant chaos, but you're still walking chaos. So you, you give the mind something positive to do. You know? So by having... The, the, the goal is to reach 24. And, and then the goal is to, over time, just have it as a habit. You know? So you can start with 6, or you can have 12, whatever it is. But the thing is, keep struggling, keep struggling, keep working at it, you know. And then keep thinking about the prayer, because your insight into the nature of the prayer in the beginning is not what it's going to be a month later, and it's not going to be what it is a year later. You're going to acquire deeper and deeper insight and, and, and see how that prayer is manifesting in a human being and in a particle of dust. You'll, you'll see this full spectrum of the prayer. If it's a real good prayer, you're going to see it in the dust and you're going to see it in the human. You'll see it everywhere. But you need the time to have it, to become saturated with it, to be able to mull over it, to be able to ruminate with it. You need the time. We have a bazillion habitual things in our head that we think about. And all that stuff has crowded out the thought of God. Our heads are full of our own nonsense and our own fears and our own limited perceptions with only moments, really tiny, tiny, tiny moments of remembrance of God. So of course we're nuts. Of course the planet is not feeding the poor and the planet is at war with each other. Of course. Because... Our minds are primarily polluted. 
we're just polluted. But by having this persistent thought of prayer, ruminating on prayer, recitation of prayer in our minds, that pollution is just quite naturally removed. It's just, it's just, you don't have to struggle. It just will happen over the course of time. The, the Olympian becomes an Olympian simply through practice, you know, focused practice. And then they become significant. So what about us? Same thing. So just by, you know, you go pick up 24 stones, 24 beads, stick it in your pocket, and have a significant, a significant prayer that, that you enjoy. And, and, and start with something doable. Be real with yourself. If it's only three times and that's the best you can do, start with three stones. But get three stones down every day, you know, and then up it to whatever you think is, you can do. And then just slowly, 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 slowly. Don't start with 24 because you'll fail. <laughs> and then you'll be down on yourself. Start with something modest. The goal is 24. <laughs> so bit by bit, be, be, be real and be compassionate with yourself. Give yourself a break. So that, that's one of these uh, practices everybody can do. This is, this is, this is real alchemy that, that you're, starting, you're starting to do. Uh-oh. What's sort of a little interesting is, is, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but I'm just going to say, by me telling you all this stuff, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, um, you, you, you're seeing a, a slice of my life. This is one sadhana that I do, the, what I'm going to talk to you about today. So there's prayer sadhana, there's mantra sadhana, there's meditation sadhana, there's scriptural sadhana, there's physical uh, karma doing physical action sadhana. So you're sort of seeing a slice of my own personal life. So anything I'm talking about here is this is this is what I do. This is how I live. This is how I wake up. You know, <laughs> you know. But it's what you can do. If you learn this stuff when you pass away, and we all are going to kick. There's going to be one giant cosmic yes. One cosmic giant thank you, you know, if you do this stuff. So, bit by bit, think about really incorporating it into your life, you know. If you do these things, you will have direct experience of the divine in your life. That, that, that's not a joke. You will have living divine experience. It'll happen in your life. You cannot not have that happen in your life. It'll be drawn to you. It'll blow up through you. So that's one thing, the 24 stones. Uh, an another thing uh, that uh, I do, uh, or that we all can do, is, so we're all waking up in the morning. We all have a few moments before we get out of bed, you know, adjusting to the new world. We just came from dreamland, and now we're in waking land. So, okay, I'm not, I'm not out of bed yet, but I think about my master, Sadhguru Sankeshavas, I think about Sri Krishna, you know, that both of these like mega blessings, you know. So whoever is like a mega blessing, or even let's say you had a significant, also a significant person who was just a living blessing in your life, add them to your list. Just, just take a moment to recite their names. So I'll recite my Guruji's name and say Guru Mantra. I'll say a pranam to Sri Bhagavan Krishna. 
just for a moment. So that now my mind is attuned to higher reality. And then, because now I'm moving from the subconscious world to the conscious world, the next five people that enter my mind, I'll say a prayer for. So before my feet hit the ground in the morning, whoever spontaneously comes up in my mind, I say a prayer for them. Just a prayer of goodwill. May they be well. May good fortune come. Whatever. Just some simple, simple prayer of goodwill. So the first five people that pop into my mind. It could even be people that you dreamt about. You know, because why are you dreaming about them? You know, it could be even people you dreamt about that you don't particularly like. See, it's not about who you like, who you don't like, who you're comfortable with, who you're not comfortable with. It's whoever first arises. Whoever first arises in your mind. That's who you should pray for. See, the, the, there, there should be no reason for prayer. There should just be a natural expression of prayer. Like, oh, I like you, I'm going to pray for you. That's the definition of an idiot, being honest. That you, you, you are really mentally limited. Prayer is a, is a universal, all-encompassing, loving act towards God's creation in whatever form, whether it's the form of a river, form of a human being, form of a cow, form of a tree, doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any difference at all. All this is an expression of God. All this is a blessing. Acknowledge it. You know, support it. And your prayer should be a prayer of, of loving, kind support. See, so the first five people that pop into your head, say a prayer for them. It'll going to be different every day. Maybe some days you might repeat some. It's okay. It's just the first that first five that came into your head. You're good with that. So we can all do that. See, nothing tough about that. But look at before you even got before your feet even hit the ground. You thought about your masters. You thought about God, and then with the presence of that energy, whatever was arising from the subconscious, you paid an injection of something positive, something kind. See based on your remembrance of the great masters and the saints, like that. So, can you see how you're changing your disposition? How you're forging a new you? You know, how you're becoming more attuned? Now you're attuned to, to prayer and positivity as, a, as opposed to being attuned to sort of spontaneous arisings of your frustrations and fears and sorrows. You know, and pressures, though, all the various pressures. I gotta get to work. You know, will I get paid or will I get you know, get the rent paid? And, you know, all these nonsense things. So you're letting your subconscious, you know, propose people for you to pray for. You know, so it's it's you're not controlling it. You're not choosing. It's just whatever arises. Okay, God, <laughs> that's what you pray for. You know? So, this is, so you, you, you do that. Then, um, at least one meal in your day. So we, we're eating, whether it's a meal or, or whether it's a snack. Um, generally, many of you are married people or have, have various relationships. So breakfast is not so good for this because... You just got up, so it's time to dialogue with your significant other and sort of get on the same page. 
But whenever you, whenever you have the next quiet meal where you generally buy yourself or a snack, now this is a practice that takes maybe 10 minutes or so. So in this eating prayer, you simply say for the next 10 minutes or the next 15 minutes, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not talking. So you so do this pretty much by yourself unless you have a really understanding significant other. <laughs> and then with each with each mouthful, simply say a prayer. See, this is like training Pavlov's dog. So in learning all this kind of movement, and we all eat every day, but we don't take the time to say, okay, one mouthful, may all be well. Another mouthful, may all be well. Now you're starting to make the association of a simple prayer with the act of eating. So that later on, when you actually do this a lot, we eat all the time. What will happen later on is unconsciously the prayer starts going in the back of your mind. You might not be saying it. No one will, No one's going to know. But, you know, so it takes 10 minutes to eat your sandwich. Just with each bite, say a prayer. Next bite, say the same prayer. Next bite, say so again, you're building up this unconscious, hidden reservoir of associating eating with prayer. Ask yourself the question, when was Jesus not praying? When, when, what did he do that was not a living prayer? Nothing. Everything he did was a living prayer. Every step he took was a living prayer. Or, or Lord Buddha. Or Sri Krishna. Everything they did was a living prayer. Everything. From the mundane <clears throat> to the sublime was a living prayer. So, this is what we do every day. Tie a prayer to it. Just once a day. You don't have to do it three times a day. Just do it when you're alone. Even if it's like your snack time, your ten minute break. For my ten minute break, I'm going to say just a one line prayer. With each with each bite. See? Yes, Jim. Oh. Thank you. Can it be a prayer of gratitude? Sure, it can. Just like I'm grateful for this food? You can tie it directly to the food or you can tie it to people, to altruism. It's okay. Because you'll do multiple prayers and it's, it's getting a particular mindset. It's getting a particular attitude, a particular worldview. See, a, a particular, as long as it's tied to the divine. That's the key. See, so it could be highly individualized. It could be very creative. As long as it's tied to the divine, you're good. See? So God has, how many flowers does God create? See? So each prayer is like a flower. They're all worshiping the one reality. They're all supported by the one reality. They're all the expression of the one reality. So you're good to go. <laughs> so... So a, a silent, a silent meal or a silent snack would, that you tie your each each bite to, to a prayer. <coughs> you're every all these things that you're doing cumulatively is creating your nature. It's creating your experience in life. It's creating your your psychological and physical platform in life. See? So. Saints are embodied prayers. That's what they are. That's what they are. So, that's part of your evolutionary arc, is to become 
sanctified, meaning a knower of reality. That's, that's your ark. So it's just a matter of at what birth or at what time you, you start to implement these methods, these tools, to unveil what you are. We're not saying that you're not these things. You're already these things. You just have to bring it out. You know, you're, you're, you're like a, a buried gem. That's all you are. And the, what the prayer does is it brings the gem to the surface so that it becomes the body that you are. You become like Hanuman, diamond-bodied. One thing. See? Not a, a very uh, uh, calamitous alloy, which is the human condition. A very noisy alloy. <laughs> okay, so you tie prayer to uh, one meal, one silent meal, so that you're focused. See? And with each meal, a very short prayer, like one line. You know, keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple. Now there's um. Uh, now we're going to get a little more complicated things, a little bit more work. But let's start with something easy. Um, you know, living in a cosmopolitan area, we all we all see poverty, we all see homelessness. You know, we all see. You know, people who should be being cared for in a, in a psychiatric institution, out on the streets, talking to the wind. So, we mean well, and we feel for them, quite naturally, we do. But we all rush by, because we're also trying to protect our hearts, because if we think too much about it, it's like, oh, gee, that's, that's so sad, that's a downer. In, instead of, like, having that quiet, you know, you wish them well, but you got things to do, and it's a little bit of a bummer, so we just sort of wish by, you know. Uh, again, a one-line prayer. That's, that's, what, that's all we need. And just just, just a, a one-line prayer, you know, that, you know, for their, for their welfare. May there be healing. May there be good fortune. May God bless you. Really simple. May there be healing. You don't want to say how they're to be healed. That's not none of your business, how they're healed. That's God's business. But you can pray. May they be healed. May good fortune come. May God bless them. Then Keep going. See? So instead of trying to protect your heart, try to avoid an unpleasant situation, why don't we just make a, a, an injection of something positive? May you be healed. May you be well. May God bless you. That simple. So we're not avoiding anything emotionally anymore. We're not going around it, which we all do. We just say, okay. See, you know this thing about the, the sacred practices of the saints? Is that what happens over time is you become sacred ground wherever you stand. That's what the Dharma teachers are. They're sacred ground wherever they stand. They don't have to go to a temple. They don't have to go here. They don't have to go to the mountaintop. Not necessary. Because the, the nature of their heart and mind and internal activity, wherever they stand is sacred ground. So you have to understand that about yourself. Right beneath your feet, when you say these prayers, you're creating sacred ground, and you're, you are a place to come from. 
just like we, we go, go to temples and ashrams to help purify us, the ground beneath our feet becomes a temple, becomes a ashram. And from there, a well of prayers manifests. See? So just a very simple prayer for, for the poor. Anytime we see the poor, may you be healed. May you be well. May God bless you. That's it. You're good to go and keep moving. You know, you don't have to be, do a big kumbaya hug. Just <laughs> say a prayer, keep moving. See? So again, you're not avoiding consciously or unconsciously the unpleasant. You're just like a physician handing up the divine medicine, divine intention, good intention. Asking for God's intervention. And, and please, God listens. You're not, you're not singing in the wind. God listens. And God uses you as an instrument of blessing. That's what you have to really understand. Once you get this culture of blessing, you become an instrument. A cult, this culture of prayer, you become an instrument of blessings. God needs physicians in the world. God needs agents. God wants to have its energy manifest in and through you in the world. See? So you become an agent for that reality. You become an instrument. You become a channel for that reality in the world. See? So you, you become a living blessing. See? Don't, you don't get hung up. You say your prayers, you keep moving. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an easy one. That's really practical. We all face that in life. And yoga's got to be practical. If it's airy-fairy, forget it. Leave it alone. You know, leave it alone. Get on to what's practical, what makes sense. So, now there's um, another practice. These are a little bit more... Oh, here's another easy one. Um, con contact prayer. So, again... There's a million people that enter our lives that um, we don't pay any attention to. It's just sort of the stuff of existence. So like the bus driver, the clerk at the market, you know, all these people that are not like primary people in our lives. They're not even secondary people in our lives. They're just sort of people that we meet along the way, getting through our lives, that you, you do business with them. The clerk, you know, gives you the groceries and you're gone. And you don't remember their face two seconds later. I mean, they're like gone. So the, the, the habit is, is to, to slowly work uh, to remember all the contacts <coughs> you've had during the day. You know, whom have I met during the course of the day? So it's like a lot of, quote, quote, small people that you really wouldn't think about. You know, you, you start to... Quietly make an inventory in the back of your mind, and also your memory will get much better <laughs> yeah. of of who of who you've uh, had any interaction with, even the car dealer, whoever. You know, and let's say you're in the office. You don't have to pray for every individual in the office. Just say, "God bless my my coworkers." You know, you don't have to go, Johnny, Susan, you know, everybody's name. Not necessary. Not necessary. But um. There's a million people that we don't have a sensitive heart to, that are, are, are not primary, not secondary, 
the, what we would consider almost inconsequential humans that we meet along the way in, in the course of a day? Well, they're not inconsequential to God. So, someone's being on the arrogant side. <laughs> they're inconsequential to us. How unfortunate. How unfortunate. See? So, we try to remember the various people we meet in the course of the day. And at some point in the day, often I'll do it in the evening. But at some time, if I have some, just some time in the middle of the day, I'll just stop and say, well, who did I meet in the last three hours? And I'll go through in my mind the people that I've met, like, may they be well. May they be well. May God bless them with good fortune. Good to go. See? So you, you just go through the various people, the inconsequential, quote, quote, people that you would not have normally thought about. Who was insignificant to Jesus? Think about it. Who was insignificant to Jesus? Who was insignificant to Lord Buddha? Who was insignificant to Sri Krishna? Think about it. See, this is all about alignment of your heart and mind. This is getting you in line with the saints. <laughs> See? Getting real about our unconscious arrogance. See? So you just... And it, it, truthfully, it becomes sort of fun, you know, because it's like a mental challenge to try to remember, you know, you know who, and then, oh yeah, I missed that one. Okay, say stop for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is what, this is what you do, you know. But it becomes fun because it becomes a mental challenge because it also makes you have to walk through your day again, you know, and then say, okay, I was here, I was there, this clerk and that clerk, you know, like that. And then just, just a one-line prayer. You know, and it, it, it actually is sort of fun because you'll be much more clear about your day and about your life. And again, you have these good intentions again towards the quote, quote, inconsequentials that, that we meet in life. You know? So that's easy, not hard. You know, and it's good that you're writing this, this stuff down. So I, I sort of call that contact prayer. Whoever, it's, you have to look at it this way. This is like, <clears throat> this is the attitude that I have. You know, who did God put in my life today? That's how I look at it. You know, whether big, 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 or small, small, small. Who did God put in my life today? And if, if God put them in my life under whatever guise, it should be honored. It, it, to me, it's like that simple. It's not like, who did I meet today? It's, who did God put in my life today? That, that's how I look at it, you know. If it was important to God, it's important to me. You know, whether I recognize the significance or not, that's not important. God put that person in my life today; it's important, whether I understand it or not. See, so I go, I go through. I sit a lot of times right there in that chair, and quietly, you know, go 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 through my day. And uh, simple prayer: you know, May they be well. May good fortune come. God bless them. Next. <laughs> See? So this is the kind of stuff you learn to do. And then there's a, uh, a, a practice called gazing, uh, gazing prayer. Again, we're moving up. This takes more work and a little bit more time. Um, gazing prayer. Um, in the beginning, you could start with just like 10 minutes and then move it up to 
20 minutes in the half hour. So let's say you go sit on your local bus stop or wherever. And the, the key is, or any place, any <coughs> semi-public place or even in a park, gazing prayer is when you sit down and you look directly forward, not looking up, not looking down, you're not looking left, you're not looking to the right. You're just simply gazing. And then whatever crosses your gaze, you have to pray for. See? So a lot of times you might say, oh, I don't like you know, brown-skinned people. I don't like red-headed people. Oh, I don't like people with freckles. You have all these hidden prejudices. Oh, I don't like people who haven't bathed today. Whatever your shtick is. We all have conscious and unconscious prejudices that we sometimes acknowledge, sometimes we don't acknowledge. But again, you have to understand you're in the womb of God here. This is God's world. So, and God is interested in your particular case. So, you have to, uh, you, you have to learn to um, quietly sit and gaze. And then, your first, um, could you take this and put this in? Uh, give that to Nima and put, put it away. Thank you. So, so, you have to understand that now your life is a collaboration with God. You've shown up. And God is creating the theater. Now, heaven is going to put pleasant things in front of you. And he's going to put unpleasant things in front of you. Why? So that you get a, a universal loving heart. So that you don't just get to choose the stuff that you like. You know, you might have a dog walk in front of you who empties his bowels. Now, that might not be the most pleasant thing to watch. But get over it. Uh, and look deeply at it. Pray for that, that dog and say, you know, there's a ton of microorganisms in that poop. <laughs> May they be well. May they be well. God made them all. And eventually, some flowers, some fertility, some grass, other forms of life are going to be blessed because that dog pooped. You know? <laughs> so we have to break out of like the common ways of thinking like poop, ick. You know, oh, I don't want to get next to that. I hope the wind doesn't blow my way. <laughs> you know? We gotta we gotta take the time to look a little bit deeply. And think just think about this. God didn't make any junk. Just get real. God didn't make any junk. Everything has significance. But we, we have our own comfortable ways of thinking. So we have to learn to, to bless the dog. And then we say, okay, <coughs> that pile of, of dog on there is a whole biodynamic reality for some life, you know, of which God created, which is going to have a cycle. <coughs> you know. So get over your frozen way of looking at it and investigate what is God doing. You know, and then say a prayer. You know. May all of this life, may all of this dynamism, may it all be well, may it all heal the planet. You know. So whatever God some the red headed guy will walk by and the homeless guy will walk by and the business person will walk by. Everybody's gonna walk by. But the key is it's again to make your mind very plastic. Very flexible. You're, you're, you're annihilating your biases. 
See? And it's like, just understand, whatever comes across my gaze, God is placed there. You know? So if there's something that you're very fearful about, heaven's going to make it show up. You know? So that you have to just gaze at it with goodwill, with prayerful goodwill. See? So, you, you can start like this kind of practice, like, okay, every Sunday I'm going to take a half hour and I'm going to go sit. You can sit on your front porch, whatever. Go sit down at the bus stop, whatever. It's, a, it's all okay. This is like on the road prayer. This is what you do. <laughs> and then you just sit. And then you just gaze. And you just say prayers. But whatever's crossing your gaze, whatever's crossing your gaze, so that you're becoming incredibly plastic. You know, you're not getting to choose your world, which you're, you're busy trying to create your world 24-7. And now you have to, to just pray for the world, not your world, your likes and dislikes. You have to pray for the world, just the way it is. So you just spend your half hour gazing and praying, gazing and praying. Your likes and dislikes are off the table. They're just off the table. Forget about it. Just gaze and pray. Gaze and pray. That's it. So you, you do that. Half hour. You know, every Sunday. Whatever, whatever day is good for you. Whenever you've got the time. So you, 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 make, these, you make these ways. Um, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is to have your life become the embodied, an embodied living prayer. That your life becomes an embodied living prayer. That, that, that's what you're doing. So there's the gazing prayer. <clears throat> now, this, I'm moving up into more complex types of things that take more time. Um, there's um, uh, practices in yoga, yoga science, and where... Um, there's all of these different uh, uh, points throughout the body. Uh, in Ayurveda, they might call them marma points. Is that the correct pronunciation, marma points? Um, or, in general parlance, there's many, many, many chakras in the body. That's a, a plexus where multiple energies cross, and they have uh, various, various psychological or psychodynamic or physical implications or pranic implications in the body. <clears throat> this is actually uh, a super Krishna, a super important practice, but it, this is more time-consuming. Uh, a very truncated version, a very shortened version, is to think about 18 points in the body. <clears throat> really, <clears throat> it's it's. The, the, the full practice is 61 points, but that's more work later on. When, when you're really doing something, get back to me and I'll, I'll teach you the whole thing. But, <clears throat> again, you, you, you are, with just 18 points, you have that favorite prayer. And now you're going to do a, a pilgrimage through the body. So... You go from the uh, third eye to the throat, to the heart, to the shoulder joint, elbow joint, palm, okay? And then the other side, shoulder joint, 
elbow joint, palm. And then third chakra, second chakra, first chakra, okay? And then right knee, right hip, right knee, right foot. Then left hip, left knee, left foot. Now, so that's the pattern that you follow for 18 points. But first you have to um, bring your attention here to, you can say third eye, Ajahn Chakra. And then bringing all of your attention, you have to act as if you're breathing through that point. So what will happen, just like you, you can have the physical sensation of breathing through your nose and the sensation of your lungs rising and falling, you have to have a sensation of breathing. So you, you need your imagination of breathing through this point. And then when you can feel the point start to pulse, then simply say the prayer, you know, whatever prayer. Let's, let's just use one line and may all be well. But generally you'll, you'll have your own prayer, your one paragraph prayer. So what you're going to do is you're going to do a, a pilgrimage through the body. So again, you're embodying prayer. But this has a big, big effect because you're, you're going across uh, various chakras in the body and you're having an effect on those chakras. You're, you're, you're sort of um, nurturing. You're bringing divine uh, fuel to each chakra to gently expand and to express itself, which gives you all kinds of you know, uh, psychodynamic and spiritual uh, divine phenomena will happen in you. So, so you, you'll, you'll breathe through the point and then say your prayer. Then again, you breathe through the point and then you'll say a prayer. And then you'll breathe through a point and then say a prayer. And then you'll breathe through a point and say a prayer. And breathe through a point and say a prayer. And same prayer. And breathe through a point and say a prayer. See, now you're actually physically, locally embodying prayer in various points in the body. So you're doing a type of spiritual pilgrimage. Uh, it's literally a spiritual pilgrimage that you're doing as you go through the body. And think about doing this every day or twice a day where you're embodying and localizing prayer in the body. You really are. You're bringing a particular vibration, a particular psyche, and a particular energy to a point in the body. See? And then you're moving from point to point to point. So eventually, this whole body becomes really a physical vessel of prayer. This is also done with mantra. You, you do mantra also. But we're talking about prayer today. So, breathe, pray. Breathe, pray. Breathe, pray. Breathe, pray. All through the body. This will have fantastic, you know, do it 40 days, twice a day. Take notes and see what happens. See what happens. You're not going to be the same. I guarantee you're not going to be the same. Because you're healing and vitalizing each of those regions of the body. Each of those chakras are now being nourished and going to have more full expression. A lot of times, a lot of the chakras are only semi-functional. You know, or shut down completely. See? But if you can breathe and pray and move through these chakras, and you can't just do it once and say, I got it. No, 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 no. You gotta do it just like you when you're when you plant a garden, you're constantly nurturing the garden. 
so that prosperity grows in the garden? This is a big garden. This is a big garden. So you, you take your time and you go through every single day localizing prayer and vitalizing that region. You're going to, you're going to be something very, 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 very special over the course of time. You know, you, you're waking up the God potential in you. That's, that's really what you're doing. All this latent divine potential is just sitting there. But you never woke it up. You never woke it up. It's just that simple. If you start to prick it with the, with the prana, the breathing, and then acknowledge through a prayer, slowly, 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 everything wakes up. Everything wakes up. You want to find out what all these divine forces, divine phenomena, divine insight, divine experience... Do it. Do it. You'll know yourself. Yes. Can you do that practice lying down? Like Yeah, you can. This this when is you one wake of the, up in the morning and then when you go to bed at night, you know. Yeah, this is one of the few practices you can do lying down. Most practices are uh, this comes under yoga nidra. You can lie down in this practice and, and, and go through. You can do it sitting in a chair or you can do it lying down. Very commonly it's done lying down. Very commonly it's done lying down. Perfect line. So you, you, you go you go through that. The, yeah. the room has to be dark. Or? No no no. Just close your eyes. This is a psychic experiment that you're doing. Just lie down. I can lie down right here. It doesn't make a difference what the the ambient light is in the room. Just lie down because your attention is now inwards. So whether it's dark in the room or light in the room, you don't know because your mind is completely inter in internalized. So, you, you have no knowledge. You, you won't even hear. In the book, uh, who is that? Rama, what is that? Uh, I don't remember his name. And he said that he's uh, showing 61 points. Yeah. He said it has to be a dark room and quiet. No. no. Is that quiet? No. Well, you know, people say that, that it, 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 the dark room doesn't mean anything. That's not necessary. Quiet is only because people's attention and their level of skill is so poor that they get distracted easily. But really, the, the truth is, so they're talking to a very generalized audience, so they're just trying to make it easy. But really, once you have decent concentration, the moment you start concentrating, you don't hear anything. Your mind is completely internalized. You, you don't hear anything. See? You just have to have decent concentration. That's all. Just like if you're reading a book and someone comes up and says, Hi, Jen. You didn't hear them because your mind was focused on the book. And then someone says, Hi, how are you? And you're still like, you're focused. You don't hear. That's been shut down until they shake your shoulder. Oh, 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 oh gee, I didn't know you came. It's like that. See, It's a matter of concentration. So the deeper the concentration, the other senses shut down. And you become completely internalized, you know. And it's 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 also visceral because you have to be able to literally breathe through each point. And you'll when you feel the body start to pulse in that point, then say the prayer. See, you have to become, you have to be able to touch the point. You have to be able to touch it. See, you have to be able to vitalize it using the breath. And then once you can, and you'll feel the pulse. You'll feel it. Only at that point do you say the prayer. And this is, this is literally 
a physical pilgrimage that you're doing through the body on a, on a daily basis. And you're, you're localizing prayer in the body. See? Yeah. These are really significant yogic practices. It's not taught that much. It's not taught that much, not understood that much. But if you do it, you know, you'll be moving closer and closer to God experiences. It's, you can't not have that happen. You know, it's not possible. You can't jump in a river and not get wet. Not possible. See? Yes. Can you pick any point in your body as one of these places, or no. you have to be? It has to be the exactly certain places. What, do exactly what the teacher says. So this you said eighteen the, places, and yeah. I'm and then sure later on, Harry will tell you more. Oh. But mm -hmm. this is a okay. science. Nothing I'm telling you is a do-your-own-thing business. This is all a God science. Hari didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> you know, you must follow the instructions. Because quietly, if you practice it quietly, the teacher is hidden behind, watching you, making sure you're behaving, making, and, and helping you. See? The moment it's like, do your own thing, it's like, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> Are you going to fail? Yeah. You must be disciplined. You, you must listen. You must have humility. Do exactly what you're told. And then when you get a little more stabilized, then the teacher will come and say, okay, okay, now do this. Now do this. They'll give you the refinement, the refinement, the refinement. See? We must be humble. We must be obedient. We, we don't like that as a Westerners. We want to do our own thing. We want to forget that. You, you, no way you'll make it to the kingdom. All, every saint head is bowed. Okay. So we have to have that loving humility. Practice the science. Practice the science. Practice the science. And then you'll see for yourself. That's the deal. We want you to see for yourself. We want you to experience for yourself. But in order to have those experiences, uh, uh, there has to be an intelligent humility you know, an obedience to the process, to honor the process that the saints have laid out. Wait. So you mentioned the third eye, and you mentioned the heart no, chakra. No, no, here. The throat chakra. Throat, throat and then the heart. heart. Then here, here, here. And here, here, here. And then nine, third chakra. Ten. You know, oh, okay. second chakra, first chakra. And then to the joints. Second chakra is like the hara. Kind yeah, of like. you can say the heart. That's fine. That's fine. And then there's a groin chakra. Did you say? At, no, at, at the at the root of the spine. The root of the spine. Okay. Okay, the root of the spine. And then knees and no, no, ankles. No. Hips, hips, knees, knees, ankles, and feet. Feet. Yeah, feet like that. So you, you do that. So shoulders, elbow, hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving you a, a truncated version. Yes, that's a lot of. <laughs> would, it, uh, would it be helpful if uh, we put it in an email? I mean, would it would it people? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Or? Yeah, we can. We can put it in a chart. Okay. Yeah, this is. I'm giving. <clears throat> this is divine science light, although it's deep. There's many, many more more lev levels to it. That if you get this level of competency, then Harry will take your side and say, "Okay, do this." Then you get that level of company, then Harry will take you aside and say, okay, this, like that. But even if you do just this, what I'm saying, significant <coughs> benefits, really, 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 really significant benefits will happen. You know, it's not a joke. You, you really are 
now in the a, a divine lab and divine alchemy definitely is going to happen. The key is consistency. You, you can't be up and down, do it here, do it there. No. That, that's like sort of dabbling with God. Come on. Have some decency. You know, <coughs> you can't dabble with God. You know, have some intelligence. You know, honor God, serve God. So that, that that's uh, one of the one of the practices. So you you'll go on this divine internal pilgrimage daily, once or twice. Twice is better. It really is. Twice is better. And it, until it, you know, and like you can do it like forty days or forty eight days. Just as like a laboratory experiment, and in that time keep a journal, you know, um, and then then make it part of your life. Then it can just be done each once a day, you know. I mean, if you want to like totally totally change your life, revolutionize your life, have intimate personal direct experiences with God, do this stuff. You'll see for yourself. You know, the, the mystery will disappear, and you'll become you'll become You'll enter into the house of God, of God knowing. You know, you're not going to be outside wondering, is there a God? No, no, no. That, that's because people are not practicing. You know, they, if, if you do these things, God knowledge, God experience, happens quite naturally. Quite naturally. You don't have to chase after anything. It'll happen. You know, it'll happen. God wants you to do these things. You're fulfilling. <coughs> you're fulfilling your, your evolutionary existence by doing these things. You know, that God knowledge will come naturally. God experience will come naturally. You don't have to struggle. Just do the work. Yes? Do you have to do them in a particular order, the chakras? Do it exactly as I said. Exactly. So you did tell us a particular order. Oh, absolutely. It's very hard to take in. Sorry. Yeah, do it exactly as I say. Either take notes, write it down, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you, you, this is not a do your Thanks own thing email. business. Yeah. Do it exactly as I've said. Do not deviate. The moment you deviate, you're on your own. And my attitude is, God bless you, good luck with that. But if, if, if you do it exactly as I tell you, 100% of Hari is behind you, and the masters and saints who, whom I serve are present and are assisting. This is, a, this is a pilgrimage. No one goes on a pilgrimage proud. Not possible. You know, being true, that's like an arrogant dog. You know, it's just being direct to you. Everyone who, who goes on pilgrimage goes with their head bowed, humble, obedient, pranaming before God and God's grace. You live like that on a pilgrimage. That is your life on a pilgrimage. This is a pilgrimage. So maybe you can't go to Israel. Maybe you can't go to India. You know, maybe you can't go to the sacred places on, on the earth, but you can go through God's creation here. And it is a pilgrimage. It is a pilgrimage that you're going on. So you really, you have to honor that, that process and bow your head and quietly go through. Quietly go through. Like on a pilgrimage, you'll meet all kinds of sadhus, you'll meet all kinds of saints. You'll go to all kinds of, you know, holy places that hold the vibration of God that you can come in contact with. There's no difference here. God made all of these places in your body that there's significant divine events occurring. No one told you how to go on pilgrimage. 
Going on pilgrimage is another form of culture. It's a culture. See? It's a way of doing it. You know? So this is what you have to learn. You have to learn not only the technique, but you have to learn the culture. You know? So if you have poor culture, no success. And a poor technique, minimal success. You have to have technique and culture. See? Obedient before God, humble before God. See, see, like one of your prayers that over time that you have to learn is a very simple prayer: God, I am yours. That's simple. God, I am yours. If you learn that just that much, and and have it in your heart, you will be a significant human amongst men. God, I am yours. You know, just get that in your heart. God, I am yours. See? You're all, so many human beings are all about their own personal self-creation. Which means their own personal delusion. Good luck with that. <laughs> Read the newspapers and see what that has brought. You know? But just, God, I am yours. Your will and your way. Get, get with that. God, I am yours, your will, and your way. You are on your way to becoming a saint. You are on your way to becoming the real deal. The real deal. A true servant of God. A true servant of God. God, I am yours, your will, and your way. At that point, you're like a light amongst men. You're no longer... A common, ordinary human being. That, that, those days are gone. Once you get that into your heart. Now, after you do, you know, this this truncated version, going through 18 points, then you can make it a point in the course of your day, because ultimately you'll start to have this flow through the body. You'll feel the energy of God literally descend upon you and and flow through you. You ever see like a water running through a pipe like that, channeling or river? It's just like that. You know, it'll just flow through you. And it's visceral. It's no maybe. It, you'll actually physically feel a flow just passing through you. So now the, the next thing... To, to add to your practices is to learn sacred touch. In the beginning, it's quite shocking. You think, holy mackerel, who am I to bless anything? I mean, that's really what you think. It's like a shock. But learn to, you, you just take a walk. We all live in this beautiful, you know, Berkeley, California, or wherever people are living. To walk, to take, <coughs> take your even walk or your morning walk and stop 12 times and touch the earth, touch a plant, touch a tree. And when you touch it, just touch it with a prayer. May you be well. May you be well. May you flourish. May God bless you. Over time, when you touch it, you'll feel that flush just flow through you. It'll just flow right through you. May you be well. 
May you be blessed. God bless you. Just just touch it. Just the earth, the plant, the tree. Just make a point of stopping and touching and saying a prayer of goodwill. Now what is even more interesting that will happen later, once you get this habit, you know, it's, it's a habit of being open to God's energy, God's flow, God's presence. You're being open to God's presence. That's what you get in the habit of. What will happen later on is you'll just be walking down the street minding your own business and your hand will just accidentally brush up against some bushes. And without even thinking, the prayer will manifest and you'll feel it. You'll feel it flow right through you. And you yourself will be surprised that that energy manifest and flowed right through you. You weren't even doing it intentionally. You just accidentally happened to touch the tree or, or brush against the bush. And automatically, the prayer and the energy will, you'll just feel it flow right through you. You didn't even have to think. You, you didn't even think. It just happened spontaneously. That's what will happen. See? But first you start by stopping and consciously saying a prayer of goodwill. You know, the problem with human beings is we have a hierarchical mind. I'm more important than this. I'm more important than the stone. I'm more important than the tree. I'm more important than that this. Nonsense. Who made you the king of the planet? Didn't God make the tree, the earth, and you too? So who made you so special? You know, it's, it's all a divine act. Get over yourself. Just share God's love. Share God's love. Learn to touch things and share God's love. That simple. Goodwill and love. Just learn to share. Be a conduit of God's love. That's this oceanic pool of love. Why don't you become a, a conduit of that? As opposed to a conduit of your common rubbish mind, nonsense mind, ignorance. You know? So just take your, take your nightly walk. And make a point of touching 12 objects and saying a prayer. A prayer of goodwill, a prayer of common love. You know? See, this is the deal. You're a being, that's a being. See, Stop with the human being stuff. Get over that. I'm a being, the tree is a being. I'm a being, the earth is a being. I'm a being, the stone is a being. I'm a being, the plants are beings. They're just different types of beings. So you're just, you're just sharing God's love with different beings. Some beings have more creative awareness and creative intelligence. Some beings have more simple creative intelligence, creative awareness. But they're all beings. <coughs> so just, just this being to that being, not this human to that object. See, we look at everything as an object, as lesser. Unconsciously, we look at everything as lesser. We think we're the king of the hill. But I think God made that tree just like God made me. See? So why am I so special? <laughs> that tree is blessing me. I'm too blocked up in my mind to know it. <laughs> is, it is it purifying the air that I breathe? Is it providing shade for me? Isn't it providing uh, a, a place to live for all kinds of creatures? Isn't that a blessing to me if I was to wake up a little bit and pay attention? Absolutely. <laughs> it's only our arrogance that blinds us. It's our arrogance that blinds us to the 
infinite blessings that we're receiving. <clears throat> See? So stop. And just use your heart. Forget your mind in this. Just use your heart. And just may you be well. May you but mean it. Mean it. Mean it. Don't it's not an object. It's another being. Think of it as a being. The tree is another being. It's just another species of being. See, it's just another species of being. See? So stop and touch it. May you be well. May you fulfill your life. I don't know what the fulfillment of his life is, but God knows. So I'll pray that it, it fulfills its life. You know, whatever the purpose of God creating it, it fulfills. That's what I want for it. I want God's way to fulfill itself in and through it. God made a blueprint for that tree, for that grass, for that stone, just like God made a blueprint for the human being. So, God wants this to be fulfilled. God wants the tree to be fulfilled. God wants the earth and the river to be fulfilled. See? I don't know what that is, but I can pray for that. See? Honor, honor, honor these beings. You'll be surprised when all of a sudden, spontaneous that energy, that blessing will flow through you. It's really quite surprising in the beginning. So I know we're going over lots and lots and lots of things, but this is how Hari spends his day. <laughs> so you're, you're getting an inside, a inside uh, the psyche of Hari Charan Das. Then I'm... Um, I think one more that we'll talk about. Just like you see, uh, you know, Tish Nhat Han uh, doing all of this walking meditation. He's made it sort of internationally popular. You know, th this has been done since the beginning of time. You know, and again, it's a form of embodied prayer. You know, whether you call it uh, mindful walking or, uh, you know, uh, Contemplative walking. There's a million different terms for it. And the Christians have their own um, uh, sacred path of walking also. Every culture has it. Every culture has it. Um, but we have to sort of make it, make it doable and practical in our life, in the 21st century, in our day. So I, I tend to call it 54 paces. 54 wide because it's half of 108. Why 108? 108 points of light in your heart. So we can all take 54 paces. You know, so whether it's 54 paces, you know, from point A to point P in your driveway or in your backyard or in the local park, it's a can-do thing. It's not a whole lot of walk. You know, the the, the key is with that kind of mindful walking from a, from a yogic perspective, and it, it may deviate slightly from how Thich Nhat Hanh is doing it, but there's no one way. There's many ways of doing these kinds of practices. But the, the key is, uh, there's two things you must have in your mind. One is to um, cultivate stillness in your mind and cultivate presence in your mind. You want to be present. You want to be now. You don't want to be dreaming of the future or the past. You want to be now. See? So, you know, may I be still? May I be present? Take your step. Only when the mind is still 
Because otherwise your mind is flying all over the place and it's just more of the same. It's just the, the same chaos that you've been practicing. No, no, no. This is like putting a break on it. Okay? May I be still? May I be present? And then take a step. May I be still? And may I be present? When the mind is still and you're, you're present in the moment, you're not dreaming about past or present, then take a step. Again, you're starting to embody the, the stillness and the presence. Now, there's a, a, a so you're embodying that because normally we're moving, we're thinking, we're dreaming. That's our habit. That's our life habit. But now we're we're putting a break on that to get a different experience. You know what else is God doing? Now you be still. Now be present. Take the step. Now what you don't know that will occur over doing that over the course of time is learning how to be still while in movement and present, your intuitional faculties will start to arise, will start to wake up. Because as long as you're dreaming or you're remembering or you're thinking about the future and you're distracted, intuitional mind is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're blocking it. You're just absolutely blocking it. But as, as you're moving and your mind can be still, and you can be get the habit of being present, then the intuitional mind will naturally start to wake up. You'll, you'll, you'll just have natural insights, natural awareness start to expand. It, that awareness happens under a particular condition. See? If you're distracted, not happening. But if you can be present and still, cultivate stillness, and presence quite naturally. That is the condition where the intuition naturally arises. No struggle, it'll naturally arise. It's just the environment that it'll arise in. So we can all figure out 54 paces from point A to point B. You know, Take 54 paces in your backyard and say, okay, from this point to this point, I'm gonna practice that stillness and presence. And do it, do it. Will you look odd? Yes. <laughs> Will you be happy? Yes. <laughs> yes, Sylvia. Do you just use half a mala to keep track of your paces? No, you know what you do? You, 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 you walk it out first. Oh. You walk out what 54 paces are. So, and you just, you know, no, no marker. This, from this rock to that rock is 54 paces. So at that point, you're no longer thinking about counting. See? You just know from this point to that point, you, you've, you've walked out your 54 steps. And then that's all you have to do. You just have to get from A to B. You know, take your time. When the mind is still in presence, take a step. When the mind is still in presence, take a step. Like that. See? So you're moving. There's a dynamism going on. But you're cultivating a quality of mind. Mixing with dynamism. See? A quality of mind is being developed. Now, when do you ever walk like that? You know, we've got like 10,000 things going on, you know, and we're running. But you can't hear God if you're, if you're noisy and running. You have to cultivate that stillness and that presence. And then take your step. And then the back end of that 
is your intuition will be naturally arising. Over time, you'll just start to understand things, know things, because you're cultivating that, that quality of mind. Now, when, you're, you, when you do your meditational sitting, that's like amping it up, you know, big time, when you can learn to sit properly. And the mind is God on God and God alone and still. Then, boom, big, big, major, major exercise, psychic, spiritual exercise. But when you're doing that, it'll support this walking. So, so it's both are important. Both are important. One is is, is um. You can say is is the Shakti principle, the movement, energy, and energy moving principle, with the divine mind. The other is the Shiva principle, the still principle, and acquiring the divine mind. You see how there's the balance, why both practices arise? See? So, those are, that's how Hari spends his day. <laughs> yeah. But, the, the, you know, when you, when you learn prayer and you learn uh, meditation and uh, there's this very simple things that you learn in a heartfelt way to say to God you know one of those things is God I am yours you know it, but in a really heartfelt way mean it mean it like I'll very tell you I belong to my master and I belong to God that's it that's the only thing that has claim on me. I don't care about anything else in this world. Nothing. Nothing. You know, I belong to my master's divine will and to God. That's it. That is it. So, you learn to say, you know, God, I am yours. And mean it. Say it from your heart. God, I am yours. And mean it. And then, when, when, you, when you learn how to sit, Learn to say, God, I am here. It means, at that moment, everything else on the planet you've put aside, your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend, your husband, your circumstance, forget it all. Forget it all. Drop it all. God, I am here. That's it. In that moment, the world dies. There's nothing in this world. It's God and God alone. Learn to start your meditation process like that. God, I am here. And that means, that means you're, let thy eye be single. Is what the Christian Bible says. Let thy eye be single. That's, this, is, this is the beginning of your practice. Take that breath. God, I am here. That means absolutely no distraction. Your, your life, your breath, your beingness is for God, attention alone. That's it. 1,000% God, I am here. And then start your meditation practice. Your practice of internal stillness, internal attentiveness. See, If you want to have real meaning, you want to have real spirituality, you want to have real divine intimacy 
because that's what it is, divine intimacy. You know, you know, learn how to completely give, completely uh, submit, completely surrender, complete attention uh, to God. You know, you know, we have this multiplicity of mind and psyche and activity, but when you sit for meditation, all that's gone. God, I am here. And in that moment, the world dies. All the stuff of the world is gone, <coughs> off the table. And it's only your, your presence and your awareness of the great, greater reality. Learn to hold still and pay attention. And stay. Root, you know, dig your heels in. And that's, that's where you are. At that moment, you're in the center of the universe. You're in the center of the heart of God. Just hold on. <coughs> Just learn to hold on. See? And then over time, God will send you, show you every manner of his wonders. All of the different lokas, all of the different energies, all the different phenomena will slowly arise through your eyes, through your eyes. Through, and you'll, you'll bear witness to God. You'll bear witness. You'll become a living witness. You can make personal testimony. There is God. There are locusts. There are angels. You can make personal testimony to such things because they've happened in your presence. You've, you've been a living witness to the manifestation of God. <coughs> so, today we've just talked about one of the sanctified crafts. This is the craft of prayer. See? There's others. Mantra. <coughs> meditation, many others. This is one. But can you see how you sort of, over time, fill your life with God? Fill, fill your life with divine remembrance. Divine remembrance. And that becomes your character, that becomes your nature, that becomes your disposition, that becomes your action. See? Now maybe nobody on the planet will see it, but God and his saints will see it. That's, that's who you should try to make happy, you know. God is saints, or God and your guru. Try to, try to fulfill, make them happy. Everything else is like way down on the list of to-dos. You know, if you can take care of that, everything else will work its way out. You remember, you have to fulfill the purpose of your birth. See, God has sent you with a purpose. You have a purpose to fulfill. So how can all these 10,000 egos that you associate with, how can they possibly tell you the purpose of your birth? Come on. It's like one monkey chattering to the next monkey. You know? They don't know. They got a lot to say, but they don't know. See? They might be even very convincingly got a lot to say, but they don't know. Well, if you want to know something, study the scriptures. Want to know something? Get next to the saints. You know? Get next to the yogis. Get next to the Dharma teachers. You know? Then you're going to know something. See? But the human beings, you want to know what the human beings are doing? Read the newspapers. Just look at the papers. Why do you want to get next to that? That's what we call hugging the cactus. <laughs> That's what we call it, hugging the cactus. Why? Why are you doing that? The teacher says, let go. No, 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 no. Let go. No, 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 no. You know, hugging the cactus, man. <laughs> it's 
really painful, but you won't let go. See? So we tell you, so, you know, God, I am here. Now, you're embracing something completely different. You're not hugging the cactus. When you sit, take a breath, God, I am here. That's, you've now changed the entire stage that you stand on. The complete stage you stand on is not the stage of man, but the stage of the kingdom. You're now standing on sacred ground when you can do that. So, this is um, part of your evolutionary journey. You know, that, you know, it's, it's for all of us. There's, there's nobody outside this evolutionary journey. It's just a question of of your level of, of commitment, your, your level of application, your level of humility. That's it. It's, it's, it's up to you. But you're all here today because you've said prayers. This event happened because of a collective prayer. And the people that are, are, are physically in the room said very significant prayers in order to, to be here, to hear this kind of a dialogue, you know, to, to hear the, the meaning of practical spirituality. How does, how does somebody have genuine intimacy with the divine? Genuine personable, personal intimacy with the divine. This is a fulfillment of a prayer that you've said at some birth, sometime in your, your existence. So... You know, so heaven has now fulfilled that prayer. Ultimately, it's your <coughs> responsibility what you do with it. You know, the prayer, the prayer and the blessing has been delivered. God won't force you to do anything. You know, God has given you free will. So God will lay it out for you. And then it's up to you your level of implementation. So these are a whole series of, of practices and and the things that are, are are can do. You know, I'm not telling you to go up to the top of the Himalayas and stand on your head for 30 years. You know? <laughs> these are all things that you can do in your life today. You just have to bit by bit pick one practice. And when you get really good and strong at that, pick another. You don't toss anything out. It's a, it's a lamination. You just add to your practice. And then you add to your practice. And then you add to your practice. See? So that it doesn't become hard. It just becomes your life. You know? Your life becomes this divine craft. You know? So it's, it's not a struggle. You know, with, with gentleness, with ease, with determination. You just do these things. And see what happens. You want to know. You want to know the life of mysticism, the life of deep spirituality, the life of God's embrace. Do it. You'll see for yourself. You'll experience yourself. Hari is not unique. Hari is just a guy who got took it took it seriously. He's, the master says do this. My saint says do this. My guruji says do this. My attitude is yes, guruji. That's it. Just do it. Do it. And, but it becomes fascinating. It was never a labor. It's not a labor. It's fascinating. And the experiences of God flowing through you are fascinating. You know? And, and whether people see it or not, you have meaning. See? You have meaning. So, do it. 
you'll, you'll become a living blessing in the world. Okay. You'll become an embodied blessing. Just like the masters and the saints are embodied blessings, you'll become an embodied blessing. That, that's my teaching. That's what I want for you. You know? And you, as an individual, will understand and know the glory of God. So, so a lot of times a person like me says glory of God, that's like very abstract to the average person. Why is it abstract to them? Because they haven't entered into this life. You know, they haven't drunk from this cup. So they don't know. They just hear words. But they've never drunk from this cup. If you do these things, it's like drinking from heaven's cup, where you become an instrument of the divine, where your life becomes a living blessing, where wherever you stand becomes sanctified ground. That's your evolutionary arc. That's what you're supposed to evolve into. That's what you're supposed to fulfill. See? I know this is like way big stuff, but it's, it's a can-do. If you're here and you're hearing my words, this is a can-do. You can do it. It's just, you know, where, how important is God in your heart? See? You know how important your boyfriend is. You know how important your bank account is. You know how important your job is. You know how important your, your health is. How important is God in your heart? See? So, first you're thinking, what the heck is God? You know, if you want to figure out what the heck God is, start reading scriptures. Because those are the only place where really intelligent, spiritual, intelligent people have talked about what God is. See? And then you find living saints after studying scripture. You know, and then ask them, what is your experience of God? See? Because then you can get first-person testimonial. See? And then that's your future. If that's what you want, that is your future. You, know, you, you create your future by what you put your heart and mind on. What, what, you, what you wish for your life. See? So I wish you the best. Any, any questions? Any thoughts? <laughs> You've had ma this. This is like a special day. You have mega opportunity to, to, to hear this kind of thought song. Yes, Victoria. I'm wondering about the choice of prayer. Whether it should be something that you get from your teacher or something that because it seems important that it resonates with you, so that when you're saying the prayer. Yeah. See, that's a good question. Smart, intelligent question. Make your search through scriptures and books on prayers and your favorite saints. So make your search first, mm -hmm. which is sort of fun, mm -hmm. you know. And also, write your own prayer, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because maybe that's the best one. That may be the best one. Mm -hmm. And then talk to Haraji or anybody like me. To, you know, just, just, just run it past him. Because sometimes people will, will say, I got a great prayer, honey. This is so important, so meaningful. And it's, you know, when they tell me it, it'll be the most egotistical, most selfish, most deluded, you know, thing, you know, rumbling out of their mouth. And, and they don't realize the depth of their self-delusion. So run it past the teacher, you know. Just so that if there's some thorns in what you've written, we can help to pluck the thorn. So that you just have the rose, not the thorn, you know. 
like that. So do the work of, of the, the fun work of research, researching uh, prayers, and understanding that prayers are the psychology of the saints and their worldview. And also do the interpersonal work of developing your own meaningful prayer. Like if my, was, if my life was a prayer, what would I say? If my life was a prayer, what would I say? Then you do that work, and then come talk to the Guruji, you know. And then, oh, you're good to go. Or why don't you change this a little bit? You know? <laughs> Since you're saying it so many times, I mean, to yourself and yeah. to the world, it seems like there has to be, there has to be a flow of communication for yourself and what you're saying, so that it doesn't just jump, sort of bounce back at you and. Say, yeah, it has to be intimate, it has to be personal, it has to have real meaning, and it has to be altruistic. Yes, you know? and not selfish. Not selfish. But a lot of people will, will say a lot of unconsciously selfish things, and they don't recognize it. Yes. That's why you run it past the Guruji. Say, well, maybe we should make an adjustment here. You know, no. Just so that you don't... Because, like, it's hard for the patient to know the right medicine. You know, they're still... It's like talking to a drunk, you know. So sometimes the stuff they sing doesn't make any sense, and they don't realize it doesn't make any sense. So the teacher says, "Oh, wait a minute, sober up a little bit." And then we have dialogue, we talk, we think about things, we talk about different stuff, and then slowly the prayer is refined, so that it's fits for your for your evolution. See, not for you. It's it's not to be a snapshot of your present consciousness. Which is chaos, you know. It, it's, it should be a snapshot of your fulfillment, the fulfillment of your evolutionary reality. See, it's where you grow towards and into. It's a, it's the reflection of heaven in you, not the reflection of your 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 momentary egoic condition now. See, mm -hmm. See? it's it's the grander glory of God in you. See. Which is often not seen in the moment, but the teacher can help you do that. That's their job, to help you, to, to, to hone in your vision. See, so you're practicing something sensible, you know? <laughs> Any other questions, thoughts? This is an important talk. Really important talk. And none of this stuff is hard. None of this stuff is hard. It's just, do it. It, it just becomes the habit and the craft of your life. You just do it. And you know, this you become, you become an embodied prayer. You know, you know, and and God is no longer a big mystery. You know, you know, God, you become part of the household of God. See, it, it's 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 a living presence. Well, most people, God, 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 and it's just a massive question mark. But no, no, that's not correct. Later on, when you do these things. When you say God, there's this magnificent presence, unimaginable, magnificent presence. And it's like you're in the, that ocean now. You're just suffused in that ocean. And then you just learn to, to be still, to hold your presence in that ocean. See? That's how it's like. You, know, you, you enter into that environment, into that environment. And then you learn to hold yourself present and still in that environment. And then you witness the various wonders of God. But it, it, it's a living, embodied presence that you come to.
It's it's not maybe, you know. There's no maybe in our business. <laughs> maybe means you just don't know anything yet. <laughs> you may be good, but you don't know anything. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Oh, Nick. I just had uh, three thoughts that grew out of what you said. Yes. One was when you first spoke, of course, about the yoga peak. Uh, yogi may be quiet. Yes. When you're dealing with, as you said, the incidental people in your life. Yes. One image is always the bus driver, maybe the silent yogi. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a practice and God is everywhere. Yes. And secondly, when you hug the cactus, that's both the sadhana and what the cactus needs. Mm -hmm. And so if you figure yourself not as, I don't want to be the cactus, I mean, what you are, what you are is the cactus. So you have to realize you can be the person that hugs the cactus. Yeah, that's a whole other line of thought. But the, the analogy when I'm saying hug the cactus, it means you're constantly hugging sorrow, you're hugging mischief, you're hugging nonsense. You know, um, we're holding on to things and crying out in pain, but we're, we're embracing them. And we have to just cool out, let it go. Like that last, last comment, and just reflect someone used to said, God, I am yours. Yes. Um, at one level, that is... I surrender to you on the other level if it's just an observation. God, I am yours. Mm -hmm. I, I come from you. Yeah. Yeah. So any of these practices, what I'm trying to say, has a mere image, which is also true. Yeah. It gets deeper and deeper, and your insight, you'll, you'll see it in multiple dimensions. Mm -hmm. And you'll experience it in multiple dimensions. What you start with is not what you finish with. Because your mind will go... <laughs> Multiple, multiple, multiple experiences. And sometimes multiple experiences in the same moment. <laughs> See? In the same moment. But there's a lot. You don't realize you have a, a divine nuclear force within you. And not, nothing I'm saying is puffery. Nothing I'm saying is exaggeration. There is a divine nuclear force in you that will, over time, explode, explode, explode. But that's why you need the Guruji near you, or the training, because sometimes when those events happen, it's so overwhelming. It can freak you out. But what's important is to say, oh, my friend Haraji, he's gone through this, and he's still smiling and eating chapatis and having tea. So, okay, I'll have the courage to, to stand up and to do these things. Because th these expansions are unimaginable. I mean, it's like hugging a nuclear bomb. <laughs> what happens to you? What goes on? Um, but these are the garments of God. What is the nature of light in God? What is the nature of power in God? What is the nature of sound in God? You know, what is the nature of space in God? These are all the kinds of things you have to experience over time. And these are simply garments of God. That's not God. Those are just garments of God. You know, infinite light, infinite sound, infinite space. These are these are just God's garments, not God itself. But you have to come to a place where you can experience those things. You have to become big enough and open enough and stable enough to be able to bear those experiences 
you know, and you will. But it's nice to have someone, you know, someone there who's gone through that, who's gone through those, that kind of fire, you know. There's so many, so many, so many experiences that you'll have over time. Um, and the Guruji is there to help um, midwife you, to help allow that spirit to be birthed through you. So, you know, just like it's been done for us, it'll be done for you. <laughs> so that's that's how these things work. So, you know, pick pick some some of these projects, and just start, just embrace it. This is this is part of my life practice, you know. And when that when it becomes a habit, then add another one. And then when it comes a habit, add another one. You know, so you learn just a habit, like. You know, uh, I'll tell you just a funny little thing. But how these things happen? When you so you laminate these things, uh, I was uh, with Kitty's husband. And this is like sounds like something small. We were. Um, I was. Always, I went to Moe's bookstore, and I was always taking the elevator up to the third floor. But with with Paul, Paul said, "No, let's walk up the stairs." So I think, oh God, the elevator is right there. <laughs> But now, I cannot walk into that store and not think about Paul and not walk up all the stairs. So one, I was getting healthier because of Paul. And now, but there's like, a, there's like these three flights of stairs. But now what I do is when I take one step, Rama. Take next step, Krishna. Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna. So now every time, because of Paul, I added a particular sadhana to my life. Anytime I have to walk up all those stairs, one, it's good for me, healthy. But two, when I take one step, I say Lord God's name, Rama. Next step, Krishna. So I'm Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna. All three, all three flights up. So it's a little thing. But again, my mind was on God when I walked up those three flights of stairs. And it became because of Paul simulating me to, to why, hey, Harry, why are you so lazy? <laughs> Taking the elevator. Let's walk. You know, so we went up the staircase. So it's, it's a little thing like that will spark in, spark in your mind, well, how can I make this even more? You know, it started out with just health and not being lazy to, oh, okay, Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna. So now I don't even think about it. Anytime I'm going up those stairs, it's Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna, Rama, Krishna. See? I don't have to think about it. I have to work about it. It just becomes, boom, something you just do. It just becomes reflective. And again, whether... Whether I'm actively thinking about God or not actively thinking about God, at least for God's sake, I'm saying God's name. <laughs> so, all these little events, you learn to tag to God. You know, always God's God's name. To remember God's name always. You know? I have a friend who is, uh, I have a friend who used to look at license plates, and it says D R Divine. Thank you. Every time you looked at a license plate or a billboard or something, you would... Yeah, translate it. Translate it. Yeah. This is the kind of experiment, the kind of thing you just sort of have to playfully build into your life. So that there's always 10,000 things taking you away from divine reality. It's always there. So you have to build in things that bring you back to a, a, sacred, a sacred place, a place, a, a sacred place to stand. See? This... There's infinite diversions, infinite diversions. 
And you have to eventually come to a point of one-pointed remembrance. One-pointed remembrance. Then, you're guaranteed a, a fantastically interesting and a truly a spiritually alive existence. You know, you're not the walking dead, you know, a noisy corpse. <laughs> Any other thoughts, questions, curiosities? Okay. I'm really delighted that Kitty has come today. You know, Kitty is full of potentiality, and a lot of these things you know, she's, she, she's going to fulfill. She has, she has it in her. You know. So like I said, you know, these, these people, you know, phone there, Kitty over here, Christine over here, my colleague Nick over there, you know, get next to these people. They've got something to say. You know, they're, they're, they're fulfilling, I as a teacher, I'm telling you, they're fulfilling the work. They're fulfilling the work. Get next to them. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, so we'll chat on uh, three times and then just sit for a, a, a few minutes. And uh, I think there'll be food and tea and such. We can let that run. So with the spine erect, take a deep breath in. Gently take a deep breath in, and then release the breath, and then gently open the eyes.
Thank you, Harji. Round, round, Mr. Ashman.